My name is Noah. You've probably heard of me. I saved the animals from the flood. But actually, that's not completely correct. God is the one who saved us. I just played the role he gave me. Uh, it was a, a significant role. I built the ark. I stored up all the food that kept us alive for the little over a year that we rode out the deluge in the ark. But I want to tell you my story today. I know that my story is well known amongst children. Uh, I've become a, my story is very uh, captured in lots of coloring books and little kid glossy pictures. And I'm even featured on Fisher Price toys, right? The ark and the animals. And yes, my story does highlight God's mercy and grace to humanity. It is a story of, of rescue. But that's only part of the story. It's also uh, the greatest genocide ever. It is a story of mass destruction. It, there is a very sobering lesson to be learned. And, and so I want to make sure that, that you get the full picture and the, the whole story and the whole lesson. I guess it all began in my fifth century. You heard me correctly. We lived a lot longer uh, pre-flood. In fact, I lived a total of 950 years. 950 years. Uh, human lifespan shrunk dramatically after the flood. And uh, those were, I was pretty strong most of those years, quite vibrant and virile. In fact, I had uh, three of my kids, Ham, Sham, and Japheth. I had my three boys when I was in my 500s. Took my wife and me a while to figure things out. Not really. But yeah, I, I mean, 500 years old, I'm going strong. I was in my 500s when I built the ark. So I'm in my fifth century and God comes to me and he, and he says, Noah, build an ark. Why? Because I'm going to destroy life on earth with a flood. I'm going to pour out waters upon the earth and everything that has breath, people, animals, birds, creepy thing, anything that has the breath and life of life in it will die. But I will preserve a remnant. You and your household and a male and female of all the animals. And by my household, he specified you and your wife and your three boys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, eight of us total. Everything else on earth will die. So build an ark. Build an ark, store up enough food to uh, sustain you and the animals during this flood period. Now, what? I mean, this is just unbelievably terribly momentous news. And why is God going to do this? Why is God going to destroy life from the face of the earth? Well, Moses, in the book of Genesis, tells us God's motivation. And he describes, well, what, what was going on in the mind and the heart of the Lord. And so in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5... You know what uh, Abraham or Moses tells us that God saw that 
the wickedness of man had filled the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so God, the only one who, who really knows the situation, judged my generation as being wicked and evil to the core. That was the state of human society when, in my fifth century. Wicked. Uh, Adam and Eve, our, our ancestor, first ancestors, they had sinned against the Lord. They'd rebelled. They had disobeyed him. And the principle of sin had entered the world. Uh, the sin nature. And that sin nature had been passed down generation to generation. And it had multiplied and it had gone wild. And, and now human society by this time was just characterized as wicked. Wickedness had filled the earth, the human heart, evil, only evil continually. So how did God feel about this? Verse 6, And the Lord regretted that he had made man, and it grieved him to his heart. Think about that. What that tells us is that God had a very clear vision in his mind when he made this world and people in his image. When he told Adam and Eve, go into the world and multiply and subdue and rule it. Uh, he, he had a very uh, clear purpose for their lives, a very clear outcome that he was looking for. And, and what was happening in my day was not at all what God intended. See, God wanted those Humans created in his image to rule the earth in righteousness and justice according to truth. And if we had done that, then there would have been shalom, peace, well-being, wholeness across the face of the earth. But instead, where there should have been righteousness, there was wickedness. Where there should have been justice, there's injustice. When there should have been truth, there's falsehood. And God said, humans have corrupted this earth. So sometimes people talk about God as sort of this watchmaker who designed the world, he put it in motion, and then he dispassionately stands back and he really doesn't concern himself with the affairs of man. He doesn't really care how people live their lives. That's not at all true. God has a purpose for his world and he has a purpose down to the individual life, your life. God has a, a, a purpose for your life. He cares. And as the creator who created for a purpose, he's not going to let his created purpose get hijacked. And that's what verse 7 tells us. And so the Lord said, he made a decision, he made a pronouncement. I will blot man off the face of the earth. Animals, humans, birds, creepy thing, anything that has life in it, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the planet. I'm going to cleanse the world of its wickedness. See, this is the creator who says, I created with a purpose, and no one is going to rob me of that purpose. It, I will get what I want. 
I will have the world that I want. And if people refuse to fulfill their created purpose, then I'll take back from them the life that I gave them. This is not what we read in the children's books, is it? (laughs) They skip over this part to the second part, which is absolutely a part of the story, and that's the story of God rescuing a remnant, saving a remnant from that great day of judgment. So God says to me, Noah, I'm going to judge the earth. I'm going to destroy life from the face of the earth. I'm going to cleanse it, and we're going to start over with a remnant. Your household and a male and female of all the animals, the birds, the creepy things. So build an ark. The ark is going to be the the lifeboat, literally, right? And he gave me the blueprints for the boat, uh, the ark, 450 feet long. By far and away, this is the biggest boat that had ever been made up until then. That's one and a half football fields long, four and a half, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall. He said, put a lower deck, middle deck, upper deck, uh, put rooms in it, and a, a door in the side. Bring the, the, uh, the sides of the boat up to within 18 inches of the roof, because you've got to have a roof. Uh, but that meant there was a vent around the uh, up, up top. For airflow, and and then store up uh, an assortment of all the kinds of foods that are eaten. Store up an assortment of all the different foods to feed your family and the animals during this flood. Now, this did not get built overnight. This took quite a while, and it took all my time and energy and all my resources. This obeying God's command. Uh, focused my life. That became Noah's life for a while. Why would I do that? Why would I line my, you know, basically my whole life became about doing what God told me to do. Why would I do that? Because I believed God. I had faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. I I believe that there was going to come this great deluge upon the earth and and that my only hope of salvation was to obey God and build this ark. And so I did it. And I just, you know, the Bible says that uh, without faith it's impossible to please God and that those who believe God or have faith must believe that he exists. He rewards those who diligently seek him. And the same principle applies today. If you don't believe that God, if you don't have faith that God is going to do what he said he's going to do, you won't obey his commands. Because oftentimes his commands are commands of self-denial and they're commands of, you know, live today in light of what's coming in the future. And But let me just tell you, God does what he says he's going to do. God gave us one week's notice. So the the ark is built, everything's ready to go. And God then said, Noah, in one week's time, I'm sending the rains. So you and the animals, get on the ark, make sure you've got all the food. You know, everything is packed. 
And, and it took us the whole week, get all the animals in, all the, make sure all the food is stored. On the last day, my family and I got onto the ark, and God himself shut us in. He closed that door and sealed us into the ark. So there we were. No rain had come at this point. The uh, ark's in dry dock, and now the door's been shut, and my family and I were looking at each other. And there's that sense of, is this really going to happen? We've been planning for this and waiting for this. Is this it? And by the end of that day, the rains began to fall. And I, and they just, we'd never seen, heard anything like it. Boom, it's coming down. It's just, just pouring down on the top. Uh, uh, on the roof and it's falling off and we can just see the water cascading through that little 18 inch rim and then there was that moment when the whole arc just kind of tilted and then a little bit later tilts back and then we and then that sensation of we are floating we found out later that God had actually, in addition to the rains just pouring down, he had split the earth and, and the waters from under the earth's crust were, were rushing up and the waters began to rise. And we are safe in the ark. We're floating free and, and we're safe. But we could not help but imagine what was going on outside. And what we imagined was, I assume what happened, as the waters are rising and the rain's coming down, animals and people are, are scrambling for high ground. And people are getting injured and they're dying. And there's this scramble for higher ground. And people are panicking. And there's all kinds of screaming and tears and crying out to the Lord, I'm sure, to rescue them and the water there to hope just hope hope that the rains will stop uh, and the floods will stop before the dry ground runs out and it just keeps rising and rising and rising and eventually it goes so high that it there's no more dry ground the water actually covers the tallest mountain peak and then 20 feet more the rain stopped after 40 days but the waters remained at their peak level and surged across the earth for five months, 150 days. We floated on top of it all safe in the ark. But everything else on the planet that had the breath of life died. At the end of those five months, there was nothing and nobody left alive. After five months, God remembered us, and he sent a mighty wind that blew across the waters, and the waters began to recede. It took another five months before the ark rested on a mountain, Mount Ararat. And even then, we didn't come out for another couple months. It was a little over a year from the time we entered the ark to the time we exited. In the final days, uh, cut a window in, in the ark and let out some birds, kind of testing things. Uh, 
let a raven out, and the raven just kept flying around. Then I let out a dove, and that dove went out, but it came back. Didn't, didn't find a place to nest. I waited a week, let that dove back out. Uh, this time, though, when it came back, it did come back, but it came back and it had a little olive branch, and that was exciting. Oh, that was such great news. A week later, I let the dove back out, and the dove didn't come back. It had found a place to nest. A little over a year, the Lord said, Noah, it's time to disembark. You and the animals may come out of the ark. The drowned is, uh, ground is dry. And so he did. And the animals came out family by family and uh, began to move out. And the Lord uh, reissued to us the, what we call the creation man. The same thing that he told Adam and Eve at the very beginning. Multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over it. Now, I want, there are a couple of very big lessons that we learned from uh, the flood. And the, the first one is this, and make sure you get this, because we certainly did it. What, we realized that we were, be given, we were being given a do-over. Humanity was being given a do-over, another chance to, to go do what God had originally called us to do. Build a righteous and just society. We were acutely aware and, and determined not to recreate the society we'd just come from, that wicked society that God had just destroyed. He judged with the flood. And we did not want to reproduce that. And we knew we were given literally a new lease on life, a new opportunity to do it right. And so we started off with all good intentions and uh, determined. But there's a problem. The problem is something other than the animals came into that ark with us. The sin nature. The sin nature came into the ark and exited with us. And despite our best intentions, our best determination... The fact is, we still had the principle of sin within, and we pass it on to our generations, and over time, we ended up recreating the same wicked society. In fact, just last night, my buddy Mike had his wallet, keys, and cell phone stolen. That's wicked. And God has again said... I'm not going to tolerate this forever. And so he has foretold again another judgment coming, an even greater judgment. When this time he's actually going to destroy the heavens and the earth and recreate a new heavens and a new earth. And only those in whom the principle of sin has been destroyed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ and by their unity with Christ by faith, only those people are going to be allowed into the new creation. And all wickedness and all those who have persisted in their wickedness and not, not repented of their sins and made Christ Jesus their Lord and Savior will be destroyed forever. There's an even bigger 
judgment coming. God's promised it. It will happen. And now the good news. The good news is there's a way of escape. In my day, God didn't say go invite people into the ark. He said, you and your household, and specified, you eight people will be, will be delivered, and everyone else will die. There wasn't an opportunity for people to be saved from God's judgment. But today, today the, op, the offer is made to all people. See, there is another ark that has been built another lifeboat, another way to be delivered from the coming judgment. And that lifeboat is Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter how wicked you've been and it doesn't matter for how long you have persisted in your wickedness, if you come to a point where you repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And when that coming day of judgment arrives, you won't be destroyed, you will be safe. Safe in Jesus. Now, Moses says that I was righteous and blameless in my generation, a man who walked with the Lord. And that's obviously true because that's God's uh, appraisal of me. But that is not the same thing as saying I was without sin. I was still a sinner. Bible is very clear. Only Jesus Christ has lived a sinless life. There's none righteous, no, not one. But I had faith in the Lord. I believed him. And my faith was credited to me as righteousness. And compared to those in my generation, I was blameless. I was very different. I try, I did walk with the Lord. I had a personal relationship with him. I, I aligned, tried to align my life with the will of God. And so I found favor in in the Lord, his eyes. But but ultimately it was his mercy and grace that saved me. It's the same thing today. No one, no one is sinless. Everyone needs to get on the ark. Everyone needs to put their faith in Jesus Christ if they wish to be saved. So I think there are two big applications for you today from my story. And the first one is to just recognize the seriousness of sin that the creator of the world is is, uh, not okay with people just doing whatever they want to do. He has a clear will down to the individual life. He has a will for your life. And that will is to reflect his nature, his character, to be righteous and just. And if you refuse to do that and you you just say, I'm going to live however I want to live, God will take back the life he has given you. And he will not allow you to live forever and you will not have any place in the new heavens and the new earth that he creates. Do you understand that? It's a very dire warning that the world needs to hear because you know whether or not you're wicked has does not have has nothing to do with what your peers say about you it has to do with what God says about you and God has judged us 
There is none righteous, no, not one. All have turned aside. So judgment is coming. Uh, The wrath of God rests upon us because of our sin, and that applies to all of us. But the second big lesson is you can get saved from the coming judgment if you will get on the ark, which is repent of your sins and put your faith in God's son, Jesus Christ. Let him be Lord and Savior in your life. And begin to orient yourself according to God's will. And you do that by following Jesus, letting him be leader. Begin to obey the commands he has for you. And this good news is the good news of the Christian gospel. And the Christian gospel has to start with there's a judgment coming. But you can get saved from that coming judgment by becoming a Christian. And that's news that I hope all of you take to heart and let change your life. And if you possess that, that hope of salvation, that knowledge that you're going to escape coming judgment, then do your family and your friends and your coworkers and your neighbors and your classmates the favor of encouraging them to be saved. The good news is until Christ returns or until you die you have an opportunity to get on God's lifeboat. to get saved from the coming judgment. And take it from me, it took many years for, before the judgment came, but it came. It's going to come. And when it comes, and people won't know when it's coming, uh, it's going to come like that. People will just be going about life unprepared, and then it comes. So prepare today because you don't know how long you have. It could happen today. Will you pray with me? God, you are the creator. And you have full right to determine how your creation should be. You're the one that entrusts life to us. You have full rights to tell us how to live our lives. And you have full right to take back life from us if we refuse to fulfill the purpose for which you have created us. But you love us. You're merciful. You love us so much that you actually took the punishment for our sin on yourself when you died on the cross. Jesus. You have done all that is necessary for us to be saved. You've built the ark and you invite us to get on and be saved. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. May we have the kind of faith that gives us assurance deep down that what you said you will do, you will do. Both that judgment is coming to light a fire under us, motivate us to get out the gospel, and a confidence that you will save those who have put their faith in your son, Jesus. Lord, may no one leave here today without getting on your ark. And may we be bold and get the good news out to the world around us. We praise you and thank you for salvation in Jesus' name. Amen.